Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday. Wednesday is a good day. I don't know why it's a good day, actually. Mainly because it started raining and I thought, well, I was going to water the hanging baskets later. I can't be bothered now. I shan't do that. And the good news is, remember my solar lights? Well, now that we're in summer, because in winter, I just get, they weren't that brilliant because you didn't get much daylight. But in summer, they're cracking on a pace at the moment. They really are. And one set, I'd fiddled about with it and I'd, I, it wasn't working. So I thought, oh, I'll take it off and throw it away and stick another set in there. But lo and behold, yesterday, it comes back to life. So I've turned it off to charge up the battery. And they're really bright, and they stay on all night. And then during the daytime, because we've got longer sunshine, it works brilliantly. So I'm very happy with my little solar lights. Because they turned up on firebox.com. I got the catalogue from them yesterday. And, uh, and they were in there to set them. I thought, they're good. I shall keep them quiet, but I don't want to tell too many people about them. Anyway, I trust you well. You good today? That's what we like to hear. I like, I like people to be good on a Wednesday. We might not have any money, but at least we're smiling. You know, I've got, I've got a little bit of money on me. No, Oh, no, I haven't, actually. I thought I had. I haven't got a little bit of money. But this weekend, it's a good short week, isn't it? Because everybody's off on Friday, because it's Good Friday. The only good thing about it, I bet none of you know why it's Good Friday. You all just get it's a holiday, isn't it? Got nothing to do with religion. Got nothing to do with the Almighty. Got nothing to do with it. It's a case of eggs. Easter. That's all we, that's all we want to know about. Easter eggs. How many Easter eggs are we getting? So I shall probably go down at some point over the weekend to the Godchildren. But they've had Easter eggs. So I don't think they want any more Easter eggs. You know, it might go out for dinner and you buy them a dinner and that's far more appreciative. But uh, that's all people think about. And then people go, wait a minute, we're off on Monday as well. So we get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's practically a week off. And you get paid for it. And I'm going, I'm working, I'm working, because I only get paid if I work. So I decided I was going to work. I could have taken the time off. James O'Brien's off. He's gone in for, um, for, for having a bit of time off. So uh, I think James Whale is in for James O'Brien on Friday. I think he might be here on Monday as well. I can't remember, but I think so. I think Andrew Pierce is doing breakfast. Some people like to take the weekends off if they've got loads of things to do. But because I finish early in the morning, I can go and do my... It's like a normal day anyway. So, in other words, if people say, oh, I'll be around about 10 o'clock, well, I could be around at 8. I could do that. Jonathan Levi's going to do the papers on Sunday for us, Easter Sunday. He sent me an email yesterday saying, uh, can I bring you in a posh Easter egg? I said, no, you can't. I don't want a posh Easter egg. I'm trying to cut out things like that. Uh, 84850, steve at And uh, Sean says, I've been looking at the new LBC photos. I'm loving your new portfolio. Um, Jim Davis looks very cute in his photos. Actually, Jim's photos do not do him justice. I'm telling you, they really don't. Take my word for it. You know, you, know you actually look at, look at some people and you go, oh, right, that's what you look like. And then you see, I mean, mine, I'm actually far more attractive in real life. It has to be said. Far more attractive. And Jim is far more attractive than his photos. Uh, you say, in the studio shot, James Max looks like he's suffering from wind. I, well, he might be. I don't know. It's a bit difficult to tell with James what he's suffering from at any one particular time. But wind could be one of the things on the list. I don't know. I, I said to Jenny Barnett yesterday, I said, I said, what have you done? I said, your, your pictures are the best ones on there. Because she does. She looks terribly glam and, and uh, very sophisticated. Of course, I've seen her in the office, you know, when... You know, when she hasn't sort of done her makeup on. She said to me the other day, what is it with you and red lipstick? So I've got no idea what you're talking about. And apparently somebody had written it. You know, you get a few balmies and they write into somebody and say, oh, Steve Allen likes your red lipstick. I've never mentioned her red lipstick in my life, I don't think. But uh, anyway, she's, uh, she's going to be coming on the bank holiday to see us. SteveAllenShow.com, details on there. All right, some more of your thing. We will do the papers. I know that, um, that uh, Bill did a few a moment ago. Did you need your umbrella yesterday, says Tyrone? I didn't. I walked all the way home. It did cloud over lunchtime, but it didn't rain. And then this morning, 
I brought my umbrella in. Why? Because it was raining a little bit. Uh, and uh, Tyrone says, after hearing your show, I took my golfing umbrella out when I went for a walk, only I never needed it. Off to Ikea with my parents, Pat and Kenny, so God help me. Podcasting every day. Mum's cross because she can't do it and she doesn't have a computer. Actually, we've had a few problems with the podcasting. I must apologise to podcasters everywhere. Love you to pieces. But uh, the machine's been playing silly beggars for the past three days. So you try and put up the right podcast. I can't describe how we do it because I don't understand, and it'd be stupid for me to go through the process. But at the moment, it looks like it's fine. But if it isn't, drop us a line, and we'll, we'll try and sort it out. But the other day, you, you put up one day, and it put up another day, and took off the day that you were trying to save. Because so many people are downloading. In fact, I'm in the office, I should have taken a picture this morning. So you can have a look. Uh, all the other radio stations that Global have got. And then LBC's podcasting is way up at the top of the window. All the other ones are sort of middle of the window. We're at the top of the window. Which is good, isn't it? And I'm at the very top of the window. You know, with, I mean, there's other people up there as well. I don't know any of them, but I think they're up there too. 84850, steve at We weave them all in on the programme. Uh, some stories in the papers today going to get you going... Uh. Some stories in the papers today get you going, hmm, and some stories going, I really don't want to hear about that again, I'm afraid. I'm beginning to wonder how many more Jade stories we can have in the papers. Uh, Michael Parkinson, as I predicted yesterday, makes the papers again, this time A.N. Wilson, writing in the Daily Mail, says he agrees with Michael Parkinson. Jade Goody uh, wasn't a talented person. What she was was a product of an insatiable media. So, in other words, you have somebody on a television programme, and in this country it tends to be... And don't ask me why. Uh, if you're a loser, the press want to pick up on you. So we had Eddie the Eagle Edwards, a total failure. But the press made him a darling. Lizzie Borden, uh, a benefits cheat, gets two television programmes and people go, oh, you're really good, aren't you? No, she's a fraudster. David Dickinson, a convicted fraudster, a man who cheated the public, now hailed as a television celebrity. I mean, I can run through a list of people. I do remember Handy Andy, who used to appear on Changing Rooms and everything else. A convicted burglar. You know, the list goes on. So we seem to applaud failure in this country. And in that same vein, 50,000 people, as I said yesterday, complained about Jade Goody and the thing. But before that, she was vile, she was rude, she was offensive, she punched people in nightclubs. She was just not a nice person. Sad, as Michael Parkinson said the other day, that she died. Sad that the media gave this frenzy and made it appear as if she was something special. Everybody knows how awful her mother was because we were told about it in the papers. The same papers that uh, Jade Goody and her family took money from for pictures. The same papers were saying this was the mother that gave her drugs. This was the mother who was cheating. This was the mother who was doing this. And so eventually you build up this pattern of a family who think, thank God I'm not like them. And yet what they do is they get, oh, of course, she was really quite fun and she tried to get herself out of the, out of the uh, situation she was in. Yes, but at the expense of being loud-mouthed and gobby. I think Jade Goody herself said, I want to be remembered as that loud-mouthed, gobby person who might have, you know, got you angry, but at the same time made you laugh. I'm sorry she didn't ever do anything that made me laugh. I couldn't think of any one thing. So today, the Daily Mirror, and not only the Daily Mirror, but uh, the uh, Daily Star, of course. Uh, the Daily Star story you won't believe, because they're beginning to become like the National Enquirer. But the Daily Mirror have got a picture of, because there's obviously a cameraman permanently up at that, this uh, church where Jade is buried, and her mother goes up and has lunch up there of uh, scotch eggs and crisps, and she settles down to have a picnic and reads the Bible. 
Well, I don't want to pour scorn on this story now, but it's now getting a little bit far-fetched. I don't believe that uh, Jade Coody's mother ever read the Bible in her life. But uh, it's a photo opportunity. However, the other thing that really got me going today, it, again, in a similar vein as why is this person a so-called celebrity, uh, on Marco Pierre White, we've got the new Hell's Kitchen, hosted, I believe, by... I can't remember, but it's not uh, who we thought it was before. Oh, Claudia Winkleman, taking over from Angus Deaton. And so they then put these people up. These are supposed to be celebrities. Anthea Turner. A total failure. A total failure. An irritating little git at the best of times. Not only Anthea Turner do we have to put up with, with her... Because she's a bit like that. But her ghastly husband as well. Who now, apparently, becomes a celebrity. So the wheel goes around again and again. He's only famous for being Anthea Turner's husband. That's all he's famous for. So this man now becomes a celebrity. He's a fraud. He's not a celebrity. He's Anthea Turner's husband. And for, to be honest with you, I'd keep that pretty blunt and quiet. Aid Edmondson. What on earth? He can't need the money. He can't need the money. What's he doing on there? Linda Evans. Now, uh, this one is going to be interesting, and I'll tell you why. Because Linda Evans, when she was... No, I need to go no further. Come, come closer to the radio. When she was in Dynasty, they had to shoot her through gauze because she was so old that her face looked lined. So when it, when it cut away... It was, it's a bit like watching Lucille Ball in MAME. Lucille Ball, I think, was 70-something, and the camera, to obliterate all the lines and make her look as though she was <laughs> fun and all the rest of it, which she was, uh, shot her through Hessian. So, when, so you used to get... I mean, I, for the first time I watched MAME, I thought there was something about it with the telly, so I'm sorry, something about the colour's gone on the television. Because every time it cut to Lucille Ball, it was all muted. And the same for Linda Evans. Now, Linda Evans is now 66. I think she's going to look a little bit like the Bride of Wildenstein on the television. Because over here, we don't have the facility, especially in a situation like that, to, to cut and cover the camera. So you don't do a separate shot for Linda with a bit of gauze over the front, or a bit of what they used to call Vaseline on the lens. So you'd rub a bit of Vaseline over it, and it would appear muted. Well, you can't do that. You'll never see what she's cooking. Bruce Grobelar. Well, I had to refresh my memory on who he was. He's an ex-Liverpool goalie. Jodie Latham. Any ideas? No, me neither. Jodie Latham is an actor in Shameless. And that's the extent of it. No no particular credibility anywhere. Miss Dynamite. Is that the one that goes, tee-hee? Right. So she's here. She's 27. And she says, my family think I'm crazy to do the show because I always shout at them to get out of the kitchen. But, of course, you'll, you'll bend over and take the golden shilling, Miss Dynamite, I presume. I mean, has, that's what he's doing. You know, people always say, oh, I shout at people in the kitchen. Grant Bovia said, Anthea and I always argue in the kitchen, so expect us to argue. I couldn't actually, Grant, give a toss what you do in the kitchen. I'm more worried about the fact that Danielle Bucks is there. Danielle Bucks, this girl who's been around the block a few times, and is famous for being Gary Lineker's fiance, And that's her claim to fame. It's pathetic, isn't it? It's pathetic. I, for one, will not be watching... It's as lame, I'm afraid, as The Apprentice. And they don't get any lamer than that. Listen, news headlines, because it's 5.15. These are the stories you're waking up to. There are calls for a criminal investigation into the death of a man at last week's G20 demonstrations in London. Video footage has emerged, apparently showing Ian Tomlinson being struck and pushed to the floor by a police officer in riot gear. There's still a hardcore of around 300 Tamil protesters on Parliament Square this morning. And dropping off friends and family who are off on their holidays is about to get more expensive at Luton Airport. 
The airport says it's going to start charging a pound for dropping passengers off at the terminal. And a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Some problems actually on the tube. So first up, there's a pack. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Trust you well. It's wet this morning. Take an umbrella. Take an umbrella. Actually, the, the Mark's doing very well with our decorating at home. He's, he's racing on a pace, and I'm very pleased, in fact, because as soon as it's, it's done, he's sort of done door surrounds and all bits and pieces. I'm going to go and treat myself to some baskets, because I'm working on... What is today? Wednesday. Because I don't want to go to the garden centres on Friday, because I can't, because apparently we're going out for lunch Friday. I've forgotten it. But are you work- You're not working Friday, are you? Oh, you're working Friday. Oh, OK, right. And so there's three of us going out for... It could become four, actually. We could, invite, we could invite Sam Pittis, couldn't we, for lunch? Should we invite Sam Pittis for lunch to make, make up a foursome? Because three's an odd number, because if two, two want to get off with each other, you know, then the other two, the other put, if it's only three, yeah, somebody's going to be, yeah, no, no, I think I'll be the gooseberry. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Indulging that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, not on a Friday, not on a good Friday when we should be in, in church sort of thinking happy thoughts. We go to church after. Actually, you know, I do like churches. I've got to that age now where I can quite happily wander in, and you know I'm a member of. Um, St Paul's and places like that. And I to, sometimes I just go there for a spiritual, a spiritual message. And the good Lord says, I'm not listening to your programme anymore. You were so rude this morning about people. I said, I can't help it, Lord. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. He says, all right, I'll listen tomorrow. And so that's how it works. You know, we have, we have, a, we have meaningful dialogue. Uh, one here. Who cares a monkey's about what Parky thinks or doesn't think? He needs to get on with his job of chatting up old people on the TV adverts to part with their money for their funerals. <laughs> because <laughs> he does do advert. They all do adverts, don't they? For things like that. But the trouble is, he's entitled to his opinion. And that's why this, this country is so great. Because I love it when somebody writes and says, all you do is slag people off. And then, then you read further of their thing. And they just come, that's all they do as well. The difference is, I get paid for doing it very well. Uh, Jamie and Andy are in the Binfield Bakery. And the music site is called Spotify. Spotify. So if you go on to Google on your computer, type in Spotify, download it, and you can listen to... They've got millions of albums. Listen to millions. You can't download them, but you can listen to them. Okay, so it's Spotify. Spotify. People will be asking about that till the cows come home. Uh, 84850, uk. Jade Goody's mother pictured in a couple of papers today. Luckily, a photographer up there at Jade's grave, taking the picture of Jackie reading the scriptures occasionally, reading them out loud. Handy, as my producer said, to have a... Because he was there the other day, this photographer, for, um, for Jack Tweed, who, strangely enough, the other day, was out talking to his solicitor. And, you know, little bells are ringing in my head. Why would he be going to a solicitor? What possible reason would he have to go to a solicitor? And all I could think of was, why didn't he get any money from Jade's will? He was her husband for however short a period of time. Surely that means the money would go. I think he signed a note saying that he will make no claim on Jade's will, but that he'll be able to make money out of the fact that he was married to Jade for a short space of time. I can't think of any other reason why you would go to a solicitor. I mean, he's either spent most of his time either in restaurants over the past week or so, or he spent time at a theme park or in the pub. And that appears to be the extent, because he doesn't work, Jack Tweed. He doesn't work. He's also preparing himself for going to prison. 
And he's going to take a little box in of jade goodies. I mean, to be honest with you, it makes me feel physically ill because I just... I'm sorry, I'm that cynical. I don't believe a word of it. I really don't. I can't help it. It's, it's just the very nature. I mean, keeping with the rest of the uh, people in the country who are going, listen, people will say anything to somebody when, when they're dying. Yes, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll get married if it makes you happy. He's hardly going to turn around and go, no, I'm not going to get married. I'm just, I'm that cynical, you know, that, that I, I sort of, I see ulterior motives here. I don't know why. I, you know, I could be totally wrong, but unfortunately, that's all I'm thinking about. It's like there is a story in the paper today that they're, they're again doing the talented wannabes strutting their stuff for Simon Cowell and uh, Piers Morgan and the ghastly Amanda Holden. Oh, can't bear Amanda Holden. But anyway, so that's neither here nor there. Uh, but it's all these silly people turning up. They think they've, they've got talent, and it's not. It just makes us look like a country of weirdos. We don't have any talent at all, and I'm, I'm, I just don't like it. I just don't like it at all. Uh, the, do you remember the, uh, that, that, uh, that slob, the Teletubby, Emma Chawner, that fat bint who turned up on the television? Do you remember she turned up on the um, X Factor? And uh, she's part of this family who weigh 80 stone and claim £22,000 a year in benefits. They don't work because they're too fat and lardy. Anyway, lazy little so-and-so that she is. She was on a radio station the other day. And she, uh, she was offered a job live on air. And she turned it down. Yeah, fat, lazy little so-and-so, honestly. Now, you see, I'm of the inclination to say, I'm terribly sorry. Listen, we've offered you a job. What do you mean you don't want to do it? The job was as a, as a bouncer. I mean, she doesn't think she's got any skills, but she could fall on them and probably crush them, I should imagine. And uh, she said she wanted to uh, work as a hairdresser or in a shop. We don't want ugly people like you in shops and hairdressers, love. I'm terribly sorry. I mean, looking at the state of you, you couldn't do anybody's hair. I wouldn't certainly let... It was, you know... I mean, I seem to remember Jade Goody opened a salon that closed called Ugly. Do you remember? A beauty... What woman is going to go to a beauty salon called Ugly? You're just not, are you? Anyway, so Emma on benefits. I would take her benefits away. I'm sorry. Every single person listening at the moment would agree with me. We've had loads and loads of these over the uh, past few weeks since we uh, mentioned this revolting family. And they are indicative of the country at the moment. The fat lardies who think, I tell you, why should I work? I'll just sit here. You give me the benefit. Nope. I would take the benefits away. My family never went on benefits. I've never been on benefits. In fact, nobody I know is on benefits. I appreciate there might be some people, very few, I suspect, who are not able to actually get off their bottoms and get out there and work. She's perfectly capable. But unfortunately now, she's now a celebrity because she's been invited onto a programme. I would have ripped this fat so-and-so apart. Ripped her apart. Listen, you fat cow, I'd have said to her. I'd have got really angry. Get out there, get a job. You were able to make it into a studio for an interview. Well, you should be able to get up in the morning and get out there and do something. You don't seriously think half the people who work in this business love it. I shall take that back. Everybody who works in this business loves it. But there are thousands of people listening. You don't think Andy and Jamie want to get up, you know, at the crack of dawn to start baking and doing... You know, people do it because that's how they earn a living. This fat so-and-so does absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. And you're paying for it. So you should be angry. We have, uh, actually, there's no point. If you're listening, fatty, uh, there is a how low today. You won't be there, but you'll like it because it's a television and a Nintendo Wii. It's a 42-inch L. I'm not giving this away. I'm not giving... This is just ridiculous. I'm not giving it... We did, a, we did a, a television the other day, and now we're offering a television and a Nintendo Wii. It's ridiculous. Yesterday, a 50-inch Samsung. No, it wasn't. It was a Dell. The day before, it was a 50-inch Samsung. And now, now, if you please, we're offering 
a 42-inch, it's only 8 inches short. I don't know if you're lying in bed at the... But, I mean, it doesn't... You know, it's not going to make much difference, is it? 8 inches. <coughs> so it's a 42-inch LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. The two together. It's ridiculous. I should be, I should be sending emails later on. So it can be yours. It's got invisible speakers as well. So how are you going to hear anything? You just can't see them, can you? They're built in around the screen, apparently. And it's digital. It's ridiculous. Top of the range stuff. The Nintendo Wii... I mean, I don't think you should be allowed to have it. Either of them. But both go as a package. And both will be won by somebody at seven o'clock this evening. So you've got to vote for it. You've got to bid. The lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Get your bids in by 7pm today. Ridiculous. You text LBC... Followed by your bid in pence and send it to treble eight two one. So just supposing it goes for, I know you're you're actually thinking one pound thirty one. I bet somebody listening at the moment's got. Do you know I was just thinking one pound thirty one? It's uncanny. Psychic Steve strikes again. The Doris Stokes of LBC. The Derek Acora. No, not actually Derek Acora. Because then I'd go afterwards. Okay, do you think we fooled him on that one? Yeah. Okay. Now let's do it again. Okay. I'm getting a message through. It's a dog who's just bid on the how low. So, text LBC, followed by your bid in pence. Send it to 88821. LBC, followed by your bid in pence. Send it to 88821. Bid will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 7pm today. Must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. A little bit later on, at the recommendation of Andy, we're going to have Chav of the morning. We've decided we, we, we're going to go through the papers and we're going to pick somebody who is going to be Chav of the morning. I did find a particularly stupid Harry Potter actor... Uh, who we shall name and shame a little bit later on. Uh, we shall also be naming and shaming somebody who has brought shame on the travelling community, I'm afraid. We find these people every so often. This disgusting piece of work robbed a 90-year-old woman. How much did she pay for a drive? A drive that could have cost probably £10,000. Although, frankly, I mean, I'd have thought half of that. Half of that. 90-year-old woman. How much did this traveller fleece offer? £175,000. How you can do that to an elderly person, I'm afraid, makes me heartily sick. Kevin Laney was part of a gang that conned her out of her money. They marched her to the building society, they took money out, then they tried to get control. Luckily, the staff at the building society were alert and said, no, we need to see a letter. They couldn't get the letter. So after it was featured on Crime Watch, he gave himself up. What a disgusting piece of work you are, Mr Laney. What a disgust- I hope somebody does that to your mother, and then you'll know exactly what it's like, because I'm sick to death of reading stories like this out of the papers, because I know you listening agree as well, in exactly the same way that by having a... How much do you think a baby is going to net for Colleen and Wayne Rooney, otherwise known as the let's rake in as much as we can? This baby could be worth, with the photo deals and everything else, five million quid. Dear God in heaven, makes you want to vomit, doesn't it? Five million quid. The gorgeous wag confirmed her pregnancy for the first time yesterday. What, you didn't know till yesterday, dear? Or were you waiting for the right moment? You've done a column in OK magazine. You must have known for the past few weeks. Unless you're that stupid that you didn't realise. Nice to see you dressed up out of the usual grey tracksuit to sort of demonstrate to the world just, you know, you can take the girl out of Bolton, but you can't take Bolton out of the girl. Because here she is, the chip shop girl, and the baby could be worth five million. I so wish I could have children. I really do. I mean, dear God, there must be mothers listening going, wish I could have children, wish I could have children. Loads of people can't, but this one's worth five million. Would it be nice, you know, when they've got all that money, perhaps to give it all to charity? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't actually happen, I suppose. She's also said she wants to adopt. Uh, as well, not, yes, not, not another Madonna one, I don't think. Not anything like that. And uh, um, Russell Brand's tickets 
at the O2 are going for the staggering price at the moment of just £2.50. Not doing very well, are we, Mr Brown? Now, I think people have suddenly realised that uh, you're not actually very funny at all. Or perhaps we'll phone up your, your father, shall we? Or, or your, your grandfather and have a bit of a laugh there. And Davina McCall has been recognised for her ram-it-down-your-throat presenting style. It's good. I've often done that. I quite like the idea of ram-it-down-your-throat. London's biggest conversation. LBC. Morning, team. 28 minutes to six. Johnny says, I've chosen you to break this earth-shattering news that no one will be bothered about. I hope to be on Big Brother 10, hopefully the last one, because I might fit what the producers at Channel 4 are looking for. I have a friend who picked up a former reality TV star and will be claiming expenses for the duration of my stay in the Big Brother house. Fame by wishful thinking and a distant association. Oh, I have zero talent, but I can scream on cue with a saff London accent. I just have to get a tabloid newspaper to back me. You see, the trouble, it's no good going in there, as indeed we proved very successfully on LBC when Toby Anstis went to Celebrity Big Brother. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. He was too nice, and the public voted him out. Consequently, what you're looking for is somebody with a bit of edge. You want somebody who's going to go, ah, I'm not effing staying here in this effing, you know, and that, that, how disgusting. Or sit there going, you fat lardy. That's what they want. They're probably looking for me, actually. But to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a creature comfort person. I'm a little bit like, and there's some lovely quotes in the paper today, of, of celebrity interviewers or people who've made gaffes. People who've made the most horrendous mistakes. For example, we all remember poor Richard Madeley asking openly gay pet shop boy singer Neil Tennant how his wife was doing. And we all went, boo? I don't think so. However... Just proving that she really is as stupid as we all think she is. Lady Victoria Hervey, no talent, says, On the homeless, it's so bad being homeless in winter. They should go somewhere warm like the Caribbean where they can eat fresh fish. <laughs> stupid person. Rio Ferdinand reckoned his superstar lifestyle is actually dull. He said, People think footballers have a flash lifestyle, but our lives are quite boring. And stupid singer Robbie Williams worth around, I don't know, 40 million, 80 million, 90 million, whatever it is. He longs for a normal life. Money has nothing to do with happiness, he's quoted as saying. Sometimes I feel like cashing it all in and giving it all away. In my darkest moments, I'm convinced my life would be easier if I didn't have a hundred quid. Of course they won't. They never do, do they? They always say that because it makes them feel a bit better about, you know, sometimes this money is such a burden. It really is. It's so awful. I don't know how I'm coping with it and I just... I just, you know, if I didn't have any money, I'd be so much happier. Well, give it away, then. Go on. Another one here. This is from uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, married to actor Michael Douglas. And she once sighed, a million dollars is not a lot of money for people like us. Oh, you're so dim. And Paris Hilton, talking about the low-cost US chain Walmart. Do they, like, make walls there? <laughs> fantastic, isn't it? Anyway, we're all thriving on the fact that uh, Russell Brown's tickets at the O2 are £2.50 each. Good. Fantastic. I love stuff like that. Uh, there's also here uh, some people lying in the uh, sunshine. Oh, it's Mel B, who for some strange inexplicable reason is doing uh, a show in Las Vegas. I've got no idea where it is, but... Uh, <laughs> Strange choice, isn't it? Who is she? She's been on one reality show in America, and that's it. Very strange person. Oh, and here it is. Katie Price and that strange husband. 
She says uh, she has a confession to make. Living in America has made her Yankee Doodle Randy. Whoa! Isn't that funny? Because Peter Andre says they never do it now. It's all in their imagination. See, the trouble is, it takes her such a long time to get ready for a photo shoot like days. Days, because there's so much caked up makeup on. And then they have to sort of airbrush him and everything else. And they say it's made her frisky. Well, of course, they, they tell lies, this couple. Because he only a short while ago was going, saying, we haven't done it for ages. She's then also saying in another interview, yes, we did it loads. Then in another interview, she's going, well, I'm too tired when we get home and Pete's too tired. So they don't do it at all. The trouble... It- well, they well they they have to well they they're tired because they have to they have to go out and sort of be interviewed and have pictures taken. The trouble is, she looks good in the pictures when when she's airbrushed, but when she takes it all off, she's just a just a very average looking person, I'm afraid. And uh, and he, of course, is so airbrushed now to make you know the, the six pack went ages ago. In fact, it's so funny. You look at the picture of him. In fact, there are two pictures in the Daily Star today, and you can see how airbrushed he is. It's just phenomenally embarrassing. You know, for the man who wasn't sure if he was Mr. Teeny Tiny in the jungle, get my drift. He had to he had to ask her. But she has an image of being sexy. But you ask anybody, nobody, but nobody, apart from some poor creature called Mark who writes in, who I don't think has ever had a girlfriend, who thinks that Jordan's sexy. I mean, nobody ever has said Jordan is sexy, ever in a million years. I've seen it close up. By God, I tell you, it's like a bloke. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I've in a particularly good mood this morning. Sean says, I think Linda Evans will be filmed for a colander. <laughs> quite interesting. A sieve. It's a sieve. <laughs> it will be quite funny. Anthea Turner will be sort of, oh, hello, I'm Anthea. Oh, go away. Oh, it'll be, she'll be irritating beyond belief, as indeed she is. Did I mention, says Sean, that Jim looked cute in his photos? And did we mention that he looks better in real life? The photos do not do him justice. They really don't. Whereas mine, unfortunately, look exactly like me. <laughs> Can't do anything about that. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, another one here very quickly. Uh, Steve, these people don't have mothers. Are these these... Uh, i tell you what, what has surprised me. The uh, Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot a story I moved away from. But apart from this ten, uh, nine and ten-year-old in the dock at the moment, the Daily Mirror say they can barely see over it. I don't think they understand the... The, the gravity of this, but apparently, if it's the same two and the paper have gone out of their way, to, this, this estate does not look very pleasant. Only last week, another, I think, ten-year-old was beaten up by two children, who might or might not have been very similar to the ones who are in court at the moment, when they take, took him down. They, they said, do you want to see a big frog? I don't know why you'd want to go and see a big frog, but anyway. They said, do you want to see a big frog? Got him down there and just started punching him, these two children. What sort of families do they come from? I only ask that question because at 10 and 11, I think I was playing with cars in the back garden. I think I was, you know, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have, we didn't have anything actually. And yet we made our own amusement. You know, I mean, I would love to see pensioners now going out in gangs, beating up hoodies. I want to join a pensioner gang. We can go round and we'll just mug a few, kick them and take, take their mobile phones and go, ha ha, equal rights for pensioners. Because I'm sick to death of people doing it, like, like that, that traveller in the paper this morning who robbed a 90-year-old woman. How can you ever do that? You're going straight to hell, mate. Straight to hell. Anyway, uh, the checkbooks are flying uh, over Wayne Rooney and that <laughs> wife of his, who looks like Kenneth Williams. They reckon £400,000 for a TV series. On what? He doesn't do anything. He sits at home. He does look... She does look like Kenneth... Every time she screws her face up and smiles, she goes, she's a bit Kenneth Williams. Can't help it. They reckon, 
a million pound for various ad deals. I wouldn't buy anything this couple endorsed. I'm sorry, sorry about that. I'm not into celebrity endorsements. I think it's ridiculous. Why would you want to buy anything that was endorsed by, by two people like that? It's like if Jordan... That's why no manufacturer would ever let Jordan anywhere near anything. She's the wrong market. She can bring out a perfume, because that's for people who don't know what perfume is. It's aimed at the cheap market. And she's had her day. But, I mean, and, and she can bring out riding clothes, but even they're not selling particularly well. So it's a case of she's, she's got loads of little things going on, but she's working really hard, and it's a bit of an industry. But to be honest with you, it's aimed at a market for the sort of people who, who don't know what perfume smells like. They think perfume smells like toilet duck. You know, that's, that's the extent. You, you might as well cut out the middleman and just sort of dip you around in the toilet, because it all smells roughly the same. It wears off after a while, or it's got that sickly smell that goes with it. The sickly smell that goes with cheap stuff. Because if they're selling it for 20 quid, you bet your bottom dollar they're working on a markup of, I would think, at least two or 300%. At least. That stuff would probably cost less than three quid a bottle, including the packaging. Less than that. And that's why, that's, that's why it's always pitched at the right market. 20 quid, somebody will spend. And you say, well, you can buy some lovely Chanel number no. 5 for, this is 75 pounds. 75 quid? I can get four bottles of jades for that. And that's, that's, how, it's, that's how it's sold. Anyway... Uh, Big Brother 10 is around the corner, as Johnny has reminded us. Uh, they want one of Jade Goody... This is the rubbish that comes out from the papers. They want one of Jade Goody's closest pals. You've never heard of him. I've never heard of him either. But he's one of Jade's closest pals to star in the new series so her fantastic spirit can live on. Celebrity-obsessed scouser Jaden Michael. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, who in their right mind is called Jaden? What sort of family would that come from? Jaden. He's also being tipped by producers as hot favourite... He's quite clearly gay. There's no two ways about it. You only have to look at him. He's got the gold earring in, you know, with the little, the little diamond. I'm sorry, any heterosexual man celebrity obsessed? No. Poof. Straight away. You don't have to... We don't... You know, this man is not going out playing football on a Sunday. He also has a little website, and uh, he writes funny little things. He's not particularly attractive. He can't help it. But it's a little... It's a little Diamante earring that kind of gives it away. And they say he's tipped for Big Brother. Um, true, isn't it? I mean, and her spirit will live on in Big Brother. Do hope not. I do hope not. Oh, the good news is that the Beatles' entire back catalogue of music is being digitally remastered for release in September. So I'm very pleased about that. Oh, I'll tell you who's, who's dropped their appeal, you'll be pleased to know. Karen Matthews. She's finally accepted the guilt of kidnapping her own daughter. This is another piece of disgusting pond life, the sort of thing you find on the bottom of your shoe and scrape it off. She's abandoned any hope of overturning convictions for abduction, false imprisonment and perverting the course of justice. Disgusting woman, you really are. Stay in prison, stay there, rot. Do not do it. Uh, there's also... An, oh, Madonna is going to carry on her battle for mercy. Hope it runs years, actually, for you, Madonna. Don't want to be, you know... I just don't think she'd better walk into a country and just, just pick up a child like that. It takes other people years. They have to vet you don't live there. You're just taking a child out of the country. I don't like it. I'm sorry, I made my feelings quite clear the other week on the programme. There's a councillor in the paper today uh, who has been blasted. I think when they say been blasted, they've got... <coughs> very naughty. For allegedly saying travellers should be left to stew in their own poo. Deborah Roberts who's a councillor, made the comment during talks on the cost of clearing raw sewage from a gypsy site. Is there a, I, th I thought we'd established there was a difference between gypsies and travellers. I thought we had anyway. But uh, she told a council officer money should not be spent on them and reportedly added, let them stew in their own... Hmm. 
she's in her early 60s. She could be suspended from the council. She's complained she's the victim of a witch hunt. She has said, in, 19, in 2007, she's not the first time she said anything, 2007, she said if she had cancer, she, was, she would launch a suicide bomb attack on the travellers in Cottenham. Neither Councillor Roberts nor the Gypsy Council were available for comment, as you can well imagine. The trouble is, I, do, I, I don't quite understand. Some of these camps which are illegal, which they just set up in a field or something like that, how do they connect up to the mains? Where does the electricity... I mean, do they just tap into it? Or does the electricity come out and connect it? They, they connect, so do they pay bills? Oh. I'm, I'm not sure how it works. I mean, how do you... I mean, do, do, do they come... Do, do, they, do they siphon off or do they pay it normally? And if so, do they pay bills? And if they pay bills, why is it that every time the film crew from London Tonight goes out to these camps, you've got five- and ten-year-olds driving cars around the sites? I understand it being private property, but, I mean, isn't that just a bit risky? Five or ten? They can barely actually reach the pedals, I don't think. 84850, uk. Uh, Marie says it's reported in one paper that Jack Tweed has bought a luxury apartment from money made from photos. Can't be from modelling, she says. No, he apparently, they said a luxury apartment and it was, what, 200,000 in this block. And his uh, neighbours are going to be top footballers. He won't be anywhere near them. Won't be anywhere. And also he can't live anywhere at the moment. He's on an ASBO. He has to live at Mummy's house because he's not adult enough to be allowed out in the real world. These are the headlines. The son of the man who died during the G20 protest is demanding answers after footage emerged of a police officer apparently shoving Ian Tomlinson to the ground. The 47-year-old died shortly afterwards of a heart attack. Around 300 Tamil protesters are continuing their occupation of Parliament Square as the rally enters its third day. And Gordon Brown is promising the economic recovery plan will be a green one. Thank you, Green. It's with the travel. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, to the tubes first. Uh, there's some problems because of the power... F- uh, Andy knows Spotify is with a Y. It's spot iffy. Spot iffy. Spotify. <laughs> Not with a Y. Uh, Steve, with due respect to the late Jade Goody, maybe Parky said what a lot of people are thinking. Absolutely. In fact, it seems that absolutely everybody is saying that. I've had nothing to the contrary this morning at all. Morning, Uncle Steve, says Mark the Bailiff. Why? Where are we off to today to repossess? Where are we off to today? What, what surprising family going to get that? knock on the door this morning from Mark going, we're just about to take your car, all right? Because you've not paid for it. Uh, Lee says, why are we still talking and reading about Jade Goody? There are hundreds much more famous and important people that have died, and once they're buried, we don't hear anything else about them. Ha, <laughs> ha, lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. It's all nice things this morning, I like that. Uh, Steve mentioned the increase in fuel prices. I don't need to, it's, it's already hit the pumps, hit the pumps more than a week ago, I'm afraid. Um, Steve, she won't like the how low auction. The we is for exercise. <laughs> and Carmen says, I saw your pictures from your younger days on the LBC website. You were very, very handsome. If only I was around back there then. Where were you? Everybody was around back there then. Uh, Steve, I agree with you, says Laura. Jack Tweed struts around in his sunglasses like he's a celebrity when he's just a common convicted thug. Um, another one here. Uh, Somebody saying, what is this? Oh, that's Angela, who says, talking about holidays, has, has Petri let the cat out of the bag? I heard her say, oh, poor Clive, hope he's OK. Did he go on holiday by his own choice? I don't know much. He is on holiday at the moment, isn't he? But, uh, people actually, um, we're supposed to take so many weeks holiday in the year. I think we get, I'm trying to work out how much holiday we get now. Is it five weeks holiday a year or six, whatever it is? I very rarely take it. Very rarely take it, because every day is like a holiday. It's just, it's just fantastic. 
It's, you know, why would you ever consider this being difficult? It's not. Although, strangely enough, not everybody can do it. I don't know why. D says, read the old lady fleeced out of all that money. Why doesn't the government do a few info ads warning old people of not falling for it? Well, we've had this on the, uh, on the television. You know, it's as simple as that. It's, it's rather a shame, really, that, that we don't warn... We do try and warn people, but they never remember. They never remember everything. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here. And uh, Steve, Jenny Barnett's photo. She's always got her cleavage on display. I know, quite some cleavage, it has to be said. Uh, another one here, uh, and this says, uh, Did you not buy a jacket endorsed by Puff Daddy? Uh, I didn't buy a jacket, no. I did not. I did not at all. Uh, I was watching the report regarding the newspaper seller who was pushed over by the police and died. Now I see he had his hands in his pockets. Well, he apparently, he was nothing to do with the protest. So we're hearing. So we're hearing. Uh, Steve, did Heather Mills ever give a large percentage of her £26 million settlement from Samaka to charity as promised, says Kevin? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. We were still waiting for it. We were er erring on the side of caution and hoping that she will be, uh, be giving some money to charity. But so far, it appears not to have arrived. Like, you know, having stood up in court before when she was going for the money, saying, you know, I give a large percentage of my money to charity. And it turns out she'd actually given absolutely nothing at all. Bit of a shame. Uh, on the subject of Jaden... Uh, this is, uh, oh, sorry, I'm jumping emails here, jumping emails, but apparently Jaden is, uh, also Will Smith's youngest son is called Jaden, uh, says Ben. Nice name. Not spelt the same way, I'm afraid. Totally different. Uh, Jaden, Will Smith's is J-A-Y. This is J-A-I-D-E. Uh, don't tell me the coffee machine's not working. It's not even plugged in now. Oh, God, dear, honestly. Oh, I might die in the studio. No, no coffee. We'll have to sort that out. Um, Ali says... I see the whole Jack Tweed thing. He splashed all over a OK Magazine again this week, claiming he was only doing it because Jade had arranged it all. Well, you can actually say anything now, can't you? You can say anything about it. Nothing to do with the money. And then uh, they had all these clothes that he was wearing and how much they cost. You know, the trouble is, as Ali says, did nobody tell them that by making the funeral so public, every loony and weirdo will be along to the grave to either take flowers or have their picture taken there? I know, unfortunately, it's a sad reflection, isn't it? It is a sad reflection. Uh, another one here. It says, remember the song We Are The World, written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and conducted by Quincy Jones and recorded by popular musicians, billed as USA for Africa. Well, Madonna was asked to take part in that recording, but didn't. How ironic is that? I think, didn't she not do her own thing? I'm sure she did her own thing. Uh, 84850, steve at Uh... Oh, Chris Hubbard's going to make one. Ooh, I think so too. Now he's had the, uh, you know, probably... Oh, we don't... Oh, God. We don't, can we say? Can we mention Richard Hakia's nose this morning? We can't mention... Richard Hakia, who sent me the weather earlier on, he, he, gets, he gets so panicky, anything. Anyway, he's had a spot. A spot. One spot. One spot. It's barely recognisable from a distance of three feet. And, well, I know it's huge, but I'm trying not to say that. And he, and he, came, he said, look, look, look. I thought he's going to burst into tears. He said, look. I said, what? I've got no idea what I'm looking at. I'm blind as a bat. And so he's going, spot. It came up overnight. I said, no, it can't have come up overnight. I said, it must have started yesterday. They don't just pop up overnight. I said, you must have felt it. He said, I did. You're right. I felt it starting yesterday. I said, well, why didn't you do it? Every time I think I'm going to get a spot, and at my age, 38, I mean, how ridiculous is that? I generally get a very hot flannel, and I put it over the infected area. 
for a simple reason. I think, in my own mind, and don't ask me why, because I think it's worked before, that a hot poultice draws out whatever it is in there. So I always do that. I mean, years ago, people used to sort of get a spot, and they go, oh, spot, and they'd squeeze them. And I think, oh, you'll be working in hamburger chain very shortly. Mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, just dreadful, dreadful. Oh, awful, awful, awful. And uh, that's an old Joan Rivers gag, actually. I had to use it again. It's an, it's an old one. She actually named the hamburger chain. She said most of the people who worked there seem to have skin complaints for some reason. You know, would you like mayonnaise on that? <laughs> like that. But it's, uh, but we did it as kids. You had to do it. But then you get older and you get a spot. You think, that's ridiculous. Where's that come from? I'm not supposed to have spots, you know. I shouldn't have... And it's probably because people get run down and they get tired and they need a bit of a break. So he's got this spot. So I'm exactly... I'm physically... I should be erupting in spots everywhere. But anyway, she's... He, sorry, she... He's walking around. I'm getting confused now. <laughs> Wake up. Anyway, so he's walking around. He's showing everybody who will listen. There's only five of us up there. He's going to everywhere. Look, look, look. Poor thing. Anyway... He's then trying to find makeup. So we asked Charlotte, have you got, well, of course she hasn't. All she's got is some lippy and something else. I don't carry anything. I've got a couple of little packets of sweets, you know, you could sort of get a red sweet and rub it over it or a white sweet or something like that, but that didn't work either. So he has to wait till my producer comes in and she's given him some, I don't want it, she's given him some, some thick concoction, which he's, he's put over his neck and he's put this on. He thinks it's covered it up. It just makes it look worse. It now makes it look as though he's just started wearing makeup. You know, it's very odd, you know, the cross-dressing Richard Hake here. I'm not really sure it's the kind of thing we want to tell people about. But isn't it funny how you get so proud, you go, look, I've, I've, I, I, have a, I have an interview today and I've got a spot. And that's what people worry about. You can always guarantee, I know it looked like another nose, but you don't want to tell him that. Because he'll, he'll, he'll get all embarrassed. If he thinks that it really is obvious, even with the makeup on, he's going to be really funny later on today. But everybody who comes into the office is going to notice it. They're all going to go, what have you done to your nose? Got makeup on. Were you out doing drag again last night or something? Not very worrying. Uh, yes, Dawn, Steve Hargrave is on. And, uh, uh, and my birthday present never arrived. No. <laughs> Before His birthday present, no. He's, we went out for breakfast last week. And he sent me an email yesterday saying, uh, I enjoyed the tour and the brekkie afterwards. Brilliant morning. He said, I must remember to do that again soon. And then he went home on a bus. He said it was quite funny going backwards, whereas everybody else is going into work. He's actually going away from work, which is good news. I'm glad you liked the gig last night. Well done. Two gigs in one night. Oh, now you manage it. I really don't matter. It's just absolutely phenomenal capacity as our dawn got for these, <coughs> these, uh, these gigs everywhere. Actually, talking of gigs, Steve Hargrave will have them a little bit later on. And we'll run through them and have a little bit of music as well. Um, another one here. Uh, Linda Evans has left Hell's Kitchen, which I've just gone in. We haven't even had the thing starting yet. I know, because I've got people who work on it. So that's interesting. Uh, Steve says, Gary, love the photos. James Max needs airbrushing. <laughs> How is the podcast competition going? I wasn't actually aware there was a podcast competition. There is no competition, my, my producer says. I mean, I wish, you know, I wish there was. I wish there was some healthy competition. I wish all of a sudden I could come in one morning and see that maybe somebody else's podcast was at the top. But as we've been there for about the last three or four years, it's not, I don't think it's going to change now. Because it's, it's, you know, most people... The reason people download the Steve Allen podcast is because it's on at such a ridiculous time of the morning. If I was on in the daytime, not, I mean, nobody would be podcasting at all. 84850 uk. We'll have the news and the other side of that. We'll have Steve Hargrave with the gig guy. Don't forget the uh, How Low for Today ridiculously exciting prize. A 42-inch LCD TV and a Nintendo Wii. I mean, how ridiculous. And we're giving that away. 
But uh, we will be getting a cup of tea. I can't believe they've actually unplugged the coffee machine this morning. Oh, God, blimey. There's one thing you need to perk you up on a Wednesday morning. It's a nice cup of freshly brewed coffee. And it has beans in and everything, and it, it does it... Well, I think it's like that, or it could be a chemical concoction. Either way, it's very nice, and it does make you feel a bit better. Like the news, hopefully, will, next on LBC, which is in one minute's time. Some of the other stories on the... Pa- I can't read these clocks this morning. I'm beginning to be like a very old broadcaster called Jack DeManio. And Jack DeManio could never get the clocks right either. He'd sit there going, it's ten to seven, six, five to eight. And you think, are you just making these times up? And I remember once I said on HG, I said, I can't be bothered to give the time anymore. It's too tedious, far too tedious. Uh, and then somebody wrote to and said, would we rely on you? I think, well, go and buy a watch. Doesn't rely on me too much. OK, it's coming up to 10 to 11. You've missed the train. OK, work's half over. There you go. Go home now. You know, if you finish at lunchtime, it's nearly lunchtime. It is for us, actually. Do you know, I could eat now. I could eat a curry. I could eat a curry over mashed potato. Which I know it sounds a bit odd over mashed potato. Most people don't go for that. But I'm, I'm not big into the rice thing. I, I, although, to be honest with you, I could eat some savoury rice. Savoury rice with little bits of... Ch- oh, I'm making myself very ill now. It's LBC 97.3. Come on a journey with LBC 97.3 and go where I Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday morning. It's a bit damp out, so uh, take the brolly. Take the brolly. And uh, don't forget that from 7pm today, there's a 24-hour strike by station staff at the following stations on the Jubilee line. Wilsdon Green, Dollis Hill, Kilburn... West Hampstead, Finchley Road, Swiss Cottage and St John's Wood. Now, London Underground are aiming to run a normal service and intend to keep all stations open during the industrial action, although they say that short-notice station closures are possible. So that starts at 7pm p.m. tonight. Wilsdon Green, Dollis Hill, Kilburn, West Hampstead, Finchley Road, Swiss Cottage and St John's Wood. I was so impressed that during the snow that we had... That I actually managed to get a Southwest trains or South no was it Southwestern trains I yeah, Southwestern trains out of Waterloo. I thought that was really good. I mean, you know, there was there was a handful of us standing on the station waiting for a train, and lo and behold, ta da! In comes a train, absolutely tipping down with snow. But people made it. People got in. It was it was just something that you do, isn't it? Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. We weave all your texts and emails into the program, as indeed we always have done, and uh, we'll have some more uh, Easter cracker. Oh, by the way, we, we we checked on the Linda Evans, and apparently, according to the internet, um, she has quit Hell's Kitchen. Over apparently, they didn't want her to stay. At, or she wanted to stay at some hotel, and she said, "No, I want to stay here." And so she's pulled out. ITV bosses said to be furious. She wasn't best pleased when producers said, "You'll have to stay on set with the other celebrities." To be honest, we wouldn't blame her for running a mile from the show's head chef, Marco Pierre White. But uh, she had been staying at the Dorchester ahead of the launch. But when bosses said she'd have to stay in a small flat next to the studio, she lost it. She's not used to slumming it, and wasn't about to move in with eight strangers. <laughs> This is the trick. You know, I think we're being far too generous to these Americans who come over here, pandering to them. You know, I mean, I noticed the other day that Coolio was arrested at a restaurant on drugs charges, on suspicion of carrying drugs. And, and we, we, we invite these, these people over here and we say, oh, would you like to do this show here? Well, I think so. I'm Linda Evans. I'm very famous. For what, dear? What are you famous for? What are you famous for? I'm, I'm Dynasty. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, and I've been invited to do Hell's Kitchen for a huge amount of money, far more than we could ever make in America. And, um, and what do you mean I'm staying in a flat? What, with other people? Yes, other so-called British... Admittedly, I wouldn't want to stay in a flat with Anthea Turner and Grant Bovey either, and a few other no-marks. But, uh, 
Eight stars isn't many, they've now said. They've been left without a big American name, so there's a hole in the casting. Linda Evans was never a big American name. I don't, I don't want to have to correct people, but uh, she's not. In fact, to be honest, we asked most people, they'd have gone, Linda Evans? Wasn't she in Dynasty some years ago? Uh, yes, many, many years ago, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories in the papers today uh, involve uh, Jade Goody, again, for the umpteenth time, and these uh, two lads who are up in the uh, the dock at the moment can barely see over it. Uh, how the Sinn Féin MPs, half a million pound expenses rackets on two rented London flats that they share. The Sun today have got the uh, the mother staying put at her house on the day her sons, aged 10 and 11, appeared in court charged with the attempted murder... I can't believe I'm reading a headline like this. I cannot believe I'm reading a headline that the son says her sons are in court over to the attempted murder of two boys, but their mum didn't bother to go. Shameless, they say. She's 36 years old. She has, uh, I believe, uh, I think six other children. So the six other children, or six in, in total. Either way, they weren't with her. They stay with foster parents. What is it with these these people now? I mean, I, I just can't help feeling that there should be some sort of mass sterilisation programme because people are bringing children into the world and then just going, well, I don't want you, and shove you off with somebody else. You go, and, you go and live with that family there. And I've seen people on the television where the whole family sits down and you've got kids who eff and blind all over the place who think nothing of staying up till two, three in the morning. And then we, we get them on this nanny programme where you get very badly behaved children who who scream and throw things. This is, this is a, in supposedly normal households. And I've never seen such badly behaved children as I have nowadays. In my day, it was the threat of a good clip around the ear, or you wait till your father gets home, which kind of went, ooh, dear, not sure about that. And you'd then spend the rest of the day, wouldn't you? You could imagine the morning. I remember doing it once, you know, my mum said, right, you wait till your father gets home. And that was it. She went in, shut, shut the kitchen door, and you sit there thinking... Now, how are we going to get out of this one? OK, let's have a think. And then, as you do all sorts of nice things... Oh, Mum, shall I do this for you? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, God, this is not going to be an easy one, this. And so it gets to the middle of the afternoon and your dad's home at about 5.30. And you're, th- you're trying to do everything. Do you want a cup of tea, Mum? No. Oh, it's still not working. Still, you know, you thought by the, by the halfway through the day it would have eased off a bit, no. And then, you know, the kitchen door's over. You say, oh, I'll just, um, just um, go and tie to my bedroom. And nothing was said. And then all of a sudden, you hear the car come up the drive. We were posh. We had a drive. And um, and the car put... And then my dad came in the, the kitchen. I thought, oh, she's telling him. She's telling him. And so then all of a sudden, the kitchen door was shut. You think, oh, she's telling him, and I can't hear what she's... Te-. I bet she's fibbed about it. Then all of a sudden, you'd hear him coming in, and he'd come up the stairs. You think, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. And then your bedroom door would open. I can't tell you what happened after that, because there might be young people listening. But that was enough to scare you. That was enough to make sure... You knew the difference between right and wrong. Now the kids don't seem to understand the difference between right and wrong. They seem to think, you know, that you write on a bus stop or you write on a train window, and this is acceptable behaviour. I think somebody has to tell these stupid people that it's not acceptable behaviour. And I think the parents should be held responsible. You brought that child into the world, you bloody well look after them. You tell them to do it. But, of course, as the parents don't know, you're, you're preaching to the terminally stupid... Then you get them on television. I mean, I've, I see people argue, every day. I don't know. I watch the thing. It just drives me mad. You watch Jeremy Kyle and stupid Trisha's show with these people on there who don't seem to know the difference between right and wrong. People shout obscenities. Families shout obscenities. I've never heard anything like it in my life. I begin to wonder sometimes whether or not, you know, you're, you're living in... I just I had a dream last night. I had a dream. Uh, and I had a dream that I, I went to live in Broadstairs. 
And I'll tell you for why Broadstairs. Because it came up on the news yesterday that one of Charles Dickens's houses is up for sale. He lived in Broadstairs for a while. And he part wrote, and it might have either been, I can't remember, was it Martin Chuzzlewit or David Copperfield? He, he wrote part of the book down there. And the house is almost as he left it. And it's up for sale for two million. And I had a dream that I went down to Broadstairs and I opened the, a, a tea shop there. And I thought, which I thought would be quite nice. And I thought, because Broadstairs would be lovely. I thought, I'd love to go to a place where there is no, you know, pubs all over the place, where it doesn't attract feral youngsters, where it's just nice. And people, you know, who know how to behave and treat each other go. Over in America, Disney have built towns. They have a couple of towns in America where you have to be vetted to see if you're right to go and live there. They don't want feral children running about all over the place. So they, they have these... And I thought, at one time, I was against that kind of thing. But nowadays, you look in America, all of the estates are gated because people want to live on a gated estate and people learn how to behave. Sure, they, they have graffiti. Sure, they have crime. Sure, they have all the, the sort of problems that we do. But they try and deal with it. In fact, one of the things that they do, and I wish they'd do it here, is they take youngsters who have behaved badly to the local prison. And they introduce them to lifers. And the lifers look at these young boys and they go, of course, you know, if you get convicted and come in here, you're just the kind of little things we like. And it kind of puts the kids off going to prison. No longer is it the big deal to do. Over here, there's no deterrent. There's no deterrent. The, these two little boys in court the other day, they were laughing and joking. In court. And you think, they're obviously not scared by the system. Can you imagine years ago if your parents had said, well, that's it, we're calling the police round. No, don't call the police round, don't do this. I mean, we used to have a chief inspector living next door to us when we lived in one, one part of the country. And that was enough. That was enough to get, you know, I shall go and get the chief inspector. All right, all right, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine now. And you get over it. Nowadays, they have no fear, do they? You see them running around, cigarettes in one hand, mobile phone in the other. They steal, they do everything. There's got to be some sort of deterrent. They really, I blame the parents. I absolutely blame the parents. It's like, it's like dogs, isn't it? No such thing as a bad dog bad owners. I saw two girls the other day, stupid-looking things they were, with dogs, one on a lead and one didn't have a lead, and she couldn't control it at all. She was trying to cling on to it. This wasn't a trained animal, it was just some stupid girl with big hoop earrings who thought that having a, a dog like that made her look impressive, just made her look very stupid. In fact, the language coming out of it was even more ridiculous. It's people like that, you just want to say, I'm sorry, sorry, you don't deserve to live here. Go away. Go somewhere else. Go live on an island. Quarter past six. <laughs> News headlines, Lucy Coward. There are calls for a criminal investigation after a video allegedly shows a man... Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. 19 minutes past six. Uh, just before we talk to Steve Hargrave, I see that there's uh, a Harry Potter actor in the papers today. After a tip-off from police, they found £2,000 worth of cannabis plants growing in a bedroom in his house. A rather stupid child, if you ask me. And uh, should never be used again in the industry. The man's an idiot. It's not the first time he's featured in the papers either. In 2007, he was uh, accused of snorting cocaine. Sorry, 2006. And uh, if he's found, if he's convicted, this could be a 14-year stretch or five-year for possession. We fancy growing £2,000 worth of plants at home. What a stupid person. These idiots, aren't they? Not even big or clever. Well, big he certainly is. Fat and ugly. What is it with these people? I don't know. Steve Hargrave, good morning. Yeah, but you're not talking about me there, are you? Almost I'm sure sounds not like talking about you, no. Big and ugly and stupid. All those things that people usually throw at me. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean, generally, but of course, I wouldn't, would I? You would. You would. I'm, no. I'm a nice person. You're a nice person who treats me to breakfast. I know. Don't worry. I, I look on the uh, on the fact that you're tax deductible. 
<laughs> yeah, and your I, charitable donation. Exactly. I, I have put put you down on my list of things that need to be deducted. <laughs> <laughs> one egg on toast. <laughs> I think you'll find one egg plus smoked salmon. Uh, yes, I did. Smoked salmon on toast. Actually, strangely enough, the other day I took Alan Dodgen out for breakfast as well. Oh, yeah. And he, he was a little place. bit cheaper than you. Yeah, the sa- same place. He was a bit cheaper. He only had <laughs> scrambled egg on toast. <laughs> he didn't go for the salmon. He didn't go for the salmon. Well, you know, I mix in these sort of circles where salmon is... It's just what you have, as a matter of course, Steve. That's all right. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> More than happy to sort of, you know, feed you up so that you could go back and continue laying your floor, which, of course, you failed to do. Well, I got so far. Yeah. And then I'm you kind of gave up. It. Right now, I'm sat on the one bit I've done. Oh. Because it's kind of the only place I can sit. If I get up and come <laughs> to the lounge, which I do sometimes, I'm sat on it. So it's... Uh, can you hear that? Yeah. Are, are you trying to get out the room or in? <laughs> that, that's someone in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least said about that, the better. Anyway, on, on to the... radio. The, uh, Shut up. Yes, on the music. On the music. Yeah, yeah. let's kick off with a bit of uh, a Swedish songwriter uh, called Lonely Deer. Oh. I think his name... His real name's Emil. Emil Svanangan. Something. Oh, yes, yeah, Fernando. pronounce it in a much pretty way. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that. Uh, he's, yeah, Lonely Deer is what he calls himself, which is much more pronounceable. He's got a new album out called Dear John. I think it's, I don't know if it's third album or something. He's done a few. I know he's got a few under his belt, um, which is nice, although I just wonder if it's one of those, uh, those songs which is hard to get in a few seconds. Mm. So we'll give it a little play and see what you think. You may want to cut away quickly and go, no, we don't like that. Right. Uh, but here's the song. He's playing at the Scarlet on Tuesday next week. And this is Lonely Deer's track called Airport Surrounding. Hmm. I don't mind that. To remind you, what does it remind you of? It's just 80s kind of. It reminds me of multi tracking. Multi tracking? <laughs> yes. How he's, how he's going to do that live, I've got no idea. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe he just plays more acoustic versions. Yeah. I've never seen him live, so I don't know. How old is he? Um, it must be about 30 or so, I think. How old? Maybe about 30. Oh, right. Oh, young. He's not... Yeah, well, really? That young? <laughs> is that young? Is really? I think it's young. <laughs> well, I, I, I agree with you today. That's great. Well, <laughs> that made me youthful. Lonely dear. <laughs> yes, you ever youthful to me, Steve. <laughs> uh, on to the Handsome Furs. Handsome Furs. They're from Montreal. They're playing at uh, 93 feet east tonight. Um, I do like their album, actually. It's really, really good. They're, they're kind of electronic stuff going on in the background. There's only two of them. And then they have some sort of rock and roll. It's, a lot of it's quite basic old, kind of scuzzy old-style rock and roll, but it's played over electronics, so you get this kind of weird mishmash of sound. Well, this song uh, is actually... I think, I think this almost sounds 80s as well. Maybe I'm on an 80s thing this week, because I spoke to ABC blokey yesterday. Oh, Martin, Martin Fry. Fry. From the 80s, lovely fella. Yeah. Um, anyway, this place, this place is massive, isn't he? Mm. Um, he's gonna, we'll talk about him in a minute, but Handsome Furs playing, yeah, Night Three Feast tonight. The album's called uh, Face Control, and this song is All We Want, Baby, Is Everything. Reminds me of something else, I can't remember what it reminds me of. Very 80s, then. It is very 80s, isn't it? Very 80s. Yeah, it's, not, it's not all really 80s, but I, I really like the album. Mm, quite nice. Good I talked to Graham Goldman yesterday from 10CC. Mm. Because he's he's on a on a circuit at the moment. Uh, oh, he's in as well. Sorry? He's on a circuit as well as he is. Yes, moment. yeah. Because 10CC's Greatest Hits is uh, is out. Oh, 
which got everything. And of course, Graham's been writing hits for people for for years. Yeah, he's yeah. he's written hits for the Hollies, for Herman's Hermits. Really nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very oh. nice person. Did he Pol- sing for you? No, he didn't. No, 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 nobody ever sings for me for some reason. <laughs> I'll sing, I don't know I'll why. sing for you. Only me. You yes, only you sing, sing for me. Thank you. <laughs> Polly Scattergood. Polly Scattergood, 22 years old from Colchester. She's had some really good reviews in the press recently. The enemy even didn't even like her. But um, she had quite an interesting voice she's got. She's not just sort of a normal, generic female singer somewhere. There's, there's a lot of them who kind of all merge into one. But she's got... Quite, quite a haunting voice, I'd say. Mm. Um, so, when's she playing? Next week, Cargo. Next Wednesday, actually. So that's a whole week away. And uh, this is a song off her debut album. And this song's called Other Two Enders. Just a little, just a little too late, Sounds a bit like that girl years ago. Hazel, uh, what's it? In the beginning was the word. <laughs> Remember that one? Hey, Hazel O'Connor. Hazel O'Connor. Hazel yeah, yeah. A yeah. little bit 80s. like that, only sort of softer. Maybe I just, I just yeah, an 80s voice. There's an 80s thing going on. Maybe it's just how I'm, where I'm at this Something week. the matter with you, isn't it, this week? You've just got an blame, 80s revival. Blame Martin Fry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blame Martin Fry, exactly. Incidentally, Martin Fry, we were talking to you because tonight he's playing the, um, at the Royal Albert Hall for oh. the Lexicon of Love. They're recreating that, the entire album. They're not, are they? 1982. Good with, um, they've got the, uh, I think it's the BBC Orchestra they got down there, actually. But we went and, we watched him, uh, he rehearsed when, when Smokey Sings. Yeah. Yesterday when we sat there, and was it, it was good? great. It was, yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, it was a full orchestra just there oh. playing. Oh. It was, it was really cool. Couldn't really hear him, because, of course, he was in the middle, yeah. mic'd up, and I didn't have my headphones on the, the desk, but... Uh, mm. Uh, the orchestra sounded fat. Well, you better start getting your things set. Now, uh, we have conflicting reports on this next one. You've said that Simon mm. and Garfunkel have got this world tour down under. The UK shows should follow soon. I didn't think mm. they were doing the UK this time round. Mm, I've heard they are. Oh, right. Well, that's good, then. I'd, Quickly. But uh, I think it might just be a very, very brief date yeah. they do it. I uh, would love to see them. I've, I've got I'd... their live stadium tour last year, and they were fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. They're... they're um... Did you go see them last time around? No, I didn't before? see them. I couldn't get tickets for them. I was offered yeah. tickets, but I, I couldn't couldn't go. Oh, no. Well, Steve, you've got to leave it. Got to leave fingers it. Fingers crossed we'll go together. All, All right. right. I'll look forward to that. Say goodbye, right. Dawn. Bye. Bye, Dawn. Thank you. Short break. LBC 97.3. OK. Thank you very much. 26 minutes to 7 is the time. The sun cometh up. The racing goeth down. But before that... Phil Blackrush, sports editor, has the sports news. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Arsenal on course to reach the uh, semi-finals of the Champions League after coming from behind to draw one all at Villarreal last night. Striker Emmanuel Adebayor scoring a stunning overhead kick in the second half to equalise and give the Gunners what could be a vital away goal ahead of next week's return at the Emirates. He says it was a good comeback from them. We played quite well in the second half. We thought they would be a little bit tired and they were tired. And we used our speed, our focus, and at the end of the day, we tried to score here. And I think it's a team done. So we we better happy, we better please. On the downside, though, defender William Gallas could miss the rest of the season after going off injured. His knee problem will be assessed later, but is thought to be serious. Manchester United making hard work of it, though, as they try to reach the last four and possibly play Arsenal. The holders were held to a shock two-all draw at home by FC Porto last night and now need to become the first English team to win away at Porto if they're to go through. Mariano Gonzalez scored a last-minute equaliser to deny them at Old Trafford 
As the Carlos Tevez had put United in front, Wayne Rooney scored his side's first goal, but admits they weren't at their best. We knew what they'd um, come here to do, and as I said before, we, um, we just didn't deal with it, so simple as that. So thankfully we're still in the tie, you know, it could have been worse tonight, but hopefully we can go there now and um, you know, prove ourselves to be a great team and you know, get the victory. Tonight, Liverpool and Chelsea meet at Anfield in the first leg of their quarter-final, the 24th game between the two sides in the past five seasons. Barcelona play Bayern Munich in the only tie that doesn't involve an English club. In the Championship last night, Watford drew two all at home with Crisis Club Southampton, whilst Crystal Palace against Coventry finished one all. Sheffield United moved up to third in the table, beating Barnsley 2-1. Leighton Orient came back from 2-0 down with 10 men to draw two all at home to Leeds United in League One. And in League Two, Barnet were 2-0 winners at home to Rotherham. And there are four Race meetings taking place today. They go over the jumps at Hereford and then flat meetings at Kempton, Nottingham and Brighton. And Steve Allen's racing tip is next. Steve Allen. I love it, really. Somewhere there must be the LBC schedule published because I get no end of people saying to me, I see you're working as normal on Friday and Monday. Just another day for me. I said, but there's no racing in the UK on Friday and I very much doubt, says Alex, whether or not the sports department will find anybody willing to get out of bed on Monday. Oh, that's me. Are you here on Monday? I'm here on Monday, yes. Are you? Oh, yes. <laughs> there you go. He's <laughs> here. I don't know about willing, but uh, here. <laughs> is it just normal then on Monday? It is indeed, yeah. Friday oh, okay, Monday for fine. Me. All right. Uh, well, Alex had Dickie Le Davoir, ninth out of 17, lost £2. Total loss, £21.71. Uh, you had Simple Jim... Mm. Third. It was quite so simple. You've gone each way. I know, but it, it went when off. When will f- you listen to your Uncle Steve? <laughs> it went off as the favourite, so I would have <laughs> won about 2p, I think. Well, 2p is better <laughs> than nothing. I'm at the rate we're going at the moment. You're now down to £10.79 in the red. I know, it's, uh, it's not going well, is if it? If I was your bank manager, there would have been a letter in the post by now. <laughs> You'd have been called in for a meeting before the weekend. <laughs> the wheels have uh, come off somewhat. Yes. Recently. I'd have taken away your, your chequebook and guarantee card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Wednesday's selection were off to Hereford. The 4.40, Greenwich Mean Time, win only. Okay. What do you fancy? Uh, I'm going to Nottingham, 2.30, Judd Street. Judd Street? Judd Street. Is that J-U-double-D? It is. All right, Judd Street. Still to win. Still to win, okay, right. I'll send this on to you because I forgot to print it off, actually, so I'll, I'll send it on to you. All oh, right, okay. I'll put it up on the website later. So Judd Street for, uh, in the... 2.30 at Nottingham. Okay, and the 4.40 at Hereford for Alex, which is called... I've lost it now, and wait... <laughs> halfway through reading it. Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> Greenwich Mean Time. OK. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Phil will return uh, after the news at seven with Mr Nick Ferrari, who's uh, with breakfast this morning. And uh, joining him this morning for... Oh, no, I can give it to you now, actually. I just realised I printed the blooming thing off. Uh, Siobhan Wikes from Love It magazine. They're going to be talking about the protest footage, which everybody's been watching on the television. Is there any justification? Teachers and violent pupils, we said yesterday on the programme that teachers now are abused. The figures are staggering why teachers should have to put up with this. Prince Charles uh, versus the Chelsea Barracks development. I don't know if you've been down there recently. I think it's another Candy Brothers development. And uh, should the NHS be spending millions on religious services? What they're saying is that they even pay for an organist in some hospitals, and they say that religious organisations should pay for it themselves. Why, why, should, why should we have to pay for, for it? So they're going to be talking about that. And is it too soon for an Iraq war video game? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari. You on the phones? Just after the news at 7, Siobhan Wikes from Love It magazine will be doing the, uh, the papers this morning. Probably finding out as well, there was one particular story I found earlier on, and it was where, where sort of people are putting on weight... And there was a whole list of places, which we'll come to a little bit later on. Still trying to find out more on uh, whether or not Linda Evans has actually quit. But, of course, we've now got...
pieces in the paper with dreary Danielle Bucks. Claim to fame, she's engaged to Gary Lineker, so quite clearly they've got an agent and they're trying to get her work. This will either expose her as a complete bozo or people will be going, oh, she's interesting. I suspect it won't be the latter, but we shall find out a little bit later on. In the uh, Daily Mail today... More on Michael Parkinson and Jade, standing for all that's paltry and wretched about Britain. You have to read the whole article that he wrote, which must have been done a time ago. I don't believe it was done recently, just to find out exactly uh, what he's saying, because it's not as clear-cut as that. Uh, And now, uh, Katie Price, Katie Jordan Price, or Katie Jordan Andre, or just, well, that bird who wears too much makeup, uh, apparently claims that she's been invited to dine at Buckingham Palace. She said she was asked to lunch at the Royal Residence. Unfortunately, she was forced to turn it down because they were in America filming a television series. Really? I'd have thought you'd have mentioned that straight away. I'd have thought you'd have been there, you know, absolutely... I mean, is it easy to prove or disprove that? I know that they do have private dinners. I didn't know they did lunches for the Queen, so I'm a little bit surprised at uh, at a private lunch. I do know about the uh, the dinners. Uh, A.N. Wilson says Michael Parkinson is right. Double page spread in the Daily Mail today. Jade Goody's story does represent all that's paltry and wretched about Britain, but, he argues, it wasn't her fault. The real villain is reality television, because what it does, it makes people believe that they've actually got some gift and that the public are remotely interested in them. So what we've done is we've actually created our own sort of celebrities. Not that they have any particular talent, but they, they can generate income, mainly for their agents and the people who look after them. The people who do this can make a lot of money. Pete Townsend's wife wants a divorce. I think she's selling a house, actually, um, just down the road from me. It's been, it's been up on the market for ages. I'm, I wasn't even sure if they'd sold it yet. I think it was up for something like £6 million, pounds, five and a half million, on a, on a lovely little road of uh, very nice houses built in the 1600s. I think it was... Was it one of Tennyson's houses or... Somebody wrote poetry. Somebody wrote a lot of famous poetry, I think. Uh, there's more on The, uh, the Traveller. This is uh, the nasty piece of work, which is Kevin Laney, who charged a 90-year-old woman £185,000 for a path. She's 90. Where were her family? That's what I want to know. The ghastly Anthea Turner and the cringe-making Grant Bovey, um, having to earn a crust on a reality cooking show. She'll be as irritating as she always was. Uh, other stories quickly whizzing through these fast as possible. I can't find the other story, but I will find it. because I've got this horrible feeling it's going to turn up in the Express today, where they're talking about this uh, dreadful earthquake and how, uh, you know, there are far more people who have lost their lives. An Elvis Presley mad town hall worker who stole to fund her uh, obsession cost the taxpayers more than half a million. I love the picture. You know, they've got this woman here. Ten years Julie Wall took to siphon off almost £600,000. She spent it all on Elvis memorabilia, you thieving little so-and-so. You see, I think there's got to be some, some sort of, you know, comeback on these sort of people. I don't know what you do. Got to be something, hasn't there? Um, now, why did I do that one there? Oh, the price of chocolate could go up. I knew there was something I was panicking about this morning. And the reason chocolate could go up is that the uh, treat and the uh, cacao trees are ravaged by three killer diseases. So it's cacao swollen root virus, and that could push the price of chocolate. What a load of rubbish, isn't it? I mean, for goodness sake, we've got enough chocolate to sink half a tonne of countries, I should imagine, at the moment. Every time I go past chocolate shops... It's a nice one in Richmond, that we, which we like, House of Chocolate, where they seem to have chocolate-shaped everything. I mean, just about everything. But there's something about chocolates. I've, I've become quite, quite balmy on chocolate, I'm afraid. I, I look at it and think, I'm going to eat that. And then I think, oh, which, which ones do I want? Do I want, you know, soft chocolates, hard chocolates? Do I want this chocolate, that chocolate? But uh, strangely, I'm, I'm more savoury. Given the choice, I would, I would go savoury. Don't forget we've got a How Low Running. 
And the how low today is a very nice one. It's four, against my better judgment, I'm afraid. The LCD television, 42 inches, and a Nintendo Wii. Great TV. Nintendo Wii, I don't need to tell you about. Most popular console on the market today. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by seven. That's this evening, 7pm. You text LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to 88821. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to 88821. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rates. Good package. Uh, lines close 7pm tonight. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. Uh, Vic says, uh, I have a little flat in Broadstairs. Very charming, very unspoilt. Lovely tea shops and famous Morelli's ice cream parlour. You're welcome to come down any weekend and I'll treat you to coffee and a cream cake. Sounds delightful. Coffee and a cream cake. Well, actually, I haven't had a cream cake for ages. I looked at some rather sort of hungrily the other day in Marks and Spencer's and a couple of cake shops we've got into it. Oh, just go a, just go a cream cake, I'm afraid. <laughs> and then I think, no, 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 I couldn't eat a cream cake, I'd be ill. They think, oh, well, it's worth it just to make yourself ill for a day, isn't it? Uh, definitely. Oh, I found out, and I'll be bringing you very shortly, the five UK towns where women have waists over 32 inches and, to add insult to injury, the top five towns with waistlines on women of 38 inches and over. Details coming up after the news headlines, which are next on LBC 97.3. And bringing you them this morning, it's Lucy Coward. The family of a man who died during the G20 protests last... Morning, everybody. It's 13... 13 minutes to 7. Wednesday morning, LBC 97.3. Jenny Barnett here a little bit later on this afternoon. Clive on holidays. And don't forget, this is your short week... And next week's your short week as well. Four days. How lovely. How lovely. Enjoy the weekend. Lots of fun fairs all over the place. Big one at Hampton Court. Trailins will be down at Richmond, as per usual. I love. I just like seeing the lights on fun fairs. If they just seem to arrive overnight, they're like circuses. One minute there's a piece of grass, the next minute, bang, up goes a city. And so they'll probably start bringing... They've probably already started bringing on the fun fair at Hampton Court. I love it down there. I should be heading for there. So, where... Are the fattest towns for the fattest women? It's uh, half of Britain's women are now so overweight they've developed muffin tops, which is a roll of fat which bulges over the waistband. And the reason, because when you buy a muffin, it's got the top bit sort of has fallen over it. One in four women in the UK is now officially overweight. Where are they? The five top UK towns where women have waists over 32 inches. I know men listening would be grateful for uh, 32 inches. Good grief. Anyway, Edinburgh, 60% of women have waists over 32 inches. Liverpool, 60% again. Belfast, 61%. Norwich, 63%. And Sheffield, 65% of women there have waists over 32 inches. Where are the towns, then, with women with waistlines over 38 inches? Over 38 inches. Norwich... 21% of women are over 38. Swansea, 23. Cardiff, 23. Glasgow, 27%. And the top town, with waistlines 38 inches or over, we must do a visit, Portsmouth. 27.6% of women down there have got waists over 38 inches. The thing is, is somebody who's got a waist of over 38 inches, should they be wearing jeans? Should people wear jeans if you've got a waist of over 38 inches? Because I don't think it makes... Because sometimes you can find a man with a waist of over 38 inches, but he's only got a little bottom. Whereas some women have got very big bottoms over 38 inches. And I don't know where you get these jeans from. 
I'm assuming, circuses or places like that. You know, old tents from Billy Smarts and stuff like that. Because I've got because sometimes you do see people waddling down the street. And I did see a woman the other day, and she was eating. And, it, and unfortunately for her, she was eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. And she's sitting there with a barrel of it in front of her. And her bottom hung over both sides of the seat. And I kept thinking... That's why you're that size. You really, you mustn't eat a whole barrel of this stuff. You know, a piece a week would be considered enough. It's like, it's like pizzas. People think eat pizzas every day. And we've said before that all the doctors have said, no, 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 not pizzas uh, every day. Because they're very, very bad, very, very fattening. But of course, I mean, they taste good. So who the heck wants all the normal stuff? It's like cream cakes. Love cream cakes. But can't eat them every day, so I kind of limit myself. Love fish and chips. Love to eat fish and chips every day. Can't. Do it maybe once a month. But you see the kids coming out of school, and you know it's going to be a problem in years to come, don't you? Where somebody's going to say, look, all this disgusting food that you're eating now, your arteries are hardening even as you're walking to school. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. But at the moment, food is becoming cheap. You can actually make things cheaper. I'm looking at these adverts in the paper today for supermarkets, and, and, and normal things... You know, burgers, pound for a pack of ten. And stuff like, why don't people cook at home? And the answer is because they'd rather go to the chippy or they'd rather go to the, the revolting burger places or the chicken place. They'd rather go there, I'm afraid. Which is a shame, because but nobody's learning how to cook, are they now? Do you know Sylvester Stallone is 62? 62 years old is Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. And he's, uh, he's filming at the moment. So, of course, yeah, how old is his mother then? She was... She's balmy as a fruitcake, isn't she? I mean, when she was on over here, I mean, she didn't have the faintest idea where she was half the time. I, I just phoned Sly. Sly, it's your mother. Oh, my God, you'd be embarrassed, wouldn't you? Francis says, I so agree with Michael Parkinson. Rejade. Where can you read the whole report? Well, the Daily Mail have done a, a piece on it today with A.N. Wilson, who's, uh, who's agreed. Not all of it. He said it's the media's fault for making somebody out. And it's this insatiable appetite, this insatiable appetite that, that people have for, for turning people with no discernible talent into somebody who features on the front of magazines and then convinces people of limited intelligence that they're actually worthwhile spending time with, and they're not. So Parkey, in that sense, was right, but it's all done through the media. The media do it. And, and people make loads of money. I mean, you can imagine. I, would, I mean, I couldn't hazard a guess at how much the brilliant Max Clifford made out of Jade Goody. I don't know whether he works on 10% or whatever. But if she made 4 million, or she left 4 million, and people have said, oh, she was doing it for her children. Well, she didn't make 4 million in the last few weeks of her death. She probably made about 2 million. So she must have had 2 million pounds. So why hasn't she put them into private education already? I mean, this, this could have happened a long time ago because of the money there. Are we now going to be stuck with the revolting Jack Tweed writing, surprisingly, his autobiography, you know, or how I came to throttle a taxi driver and beat up a 15-year-old boy and went to prison for it? Because he's now working on the assumption that he probably will go to prison. And I should imagine the taxi driver's hoping he really would as well. I'm also hoping that somebody might teach this young man a lesson. Because he's learnt nothing so far. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't work. So he's, he's suddenly learnt that you can make money out of the media. It's fame by association again. Fame by association. Uh, Chris Brown has angered uh, Rihanna's family by denying that he beat her up. He's in court at the moment in America. So it's different from our judicial system. And... Um, and all, all the papers are saying, if he says he didn't do it, who did it? I mean, somebody's got to do it, haven't they? There's more, more stories in the papers about these uh, two young boys. Grieves me to bring you these kind of stories, I'm afraid. But uh, now they're talking about other attacks on other children which happened. And you think, 
there are these estates, there are these sink estates around the country, and I think Michael Caine has talked about them. Loads of people, loads of prominent people, people that you look up to. Not, not somebody who's been on a reality show, I'm afraid. And they then say, there are these estates where it's, it's lawless. They're, they're bringing one down in London. They're going to put up another one because they said crime has got so bad that they're having to do something about it. It's great shame, isn't it? Because there are decent people who live on these places and they're so bored, these kids, they hang around. They hang around. I mean, I went through Twickenham yesterday and I did the walk along the river, but just underneath a little bridge which goes from the council offices, quite clearly some, some children, I can only put them down as children who are perhaps not as well as other children, and I'll be kind, stood on the bridge and threw down rocks onto a car parked underneath it. The car is smashed beyond belief. The windscreens are smashed. The bonnet is all dented in. I mean, it's a, practically a write-off, I think, although, a, you know, a good panel beater could probably get it back together again. But you think, why did nobody see this going on? How did they get into the park to get onto the bridge to do this? What sort of people are they? And should we be sort of erecting stocks in every town? Because something's got to be done about these feral kids who've got nothing to do. They're so bored nowadays. You know, if they haven't got a, a phone, they're smoking or drinking. At an, a ten... At nine and ten, they're doing things that the majority of decent people in this country are finding absolutely abhorrent. I don't know, because I've asked everybody so far, what you would do with two children who were found guilty of assaulting other children. Do you, do you put them in prison? No, because they're too young. Do you, uh, do you sort out the mother? In the particular case of the children who are featured in the paper today, the mother doesn't want anything to do it. Nothing to do with me, she said. I'm thinking, but they're your children. They're your children. Already you've palmed them off to somebody else. What sort of person are you? I think we know what sort of person she is. But that's what we're, that's what we're sort of breeding at the moment. It's people who've never heard the word condom. It's people who just think they have children because you get the free house, don't you? And then the children run riot because the mother doesn't actually do anything. She just seems like a little baby machine. I mean, you see it every day, walking up and down, you know, the high streets. Great shame. Uh, Helen is another one who agrees with uh, Michael Parkinson. Another one here, this is from uh, Yvonne, who says, I love Broadstairs, took the children when young, love it, and the Morris men. Oh, my God. Morris men, I'm not even sure about Morris men. I'm not even sure we can go there. And another one here, it says, uh, I've just woken up, it's a rotten day, it's a rotten day. But it's got much better now that you're on the radio. There you go. So that's good news, isn't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Apparently Victoria Beckham is in the papers today wearing what I call bleached jeans. She's wearing a leather jacket. How much do you think this leather jacket costs? She's wearing a leather jacket that costs £4,379. A £4,000 jacket. It looks awful. It really is the worst leather jacket I think I've seen in my life. Uh, but I don't know how much the jeans are. And I don't know whether or not... It, in fact, it's not her... You'd think she'd be wearing her own outfits. But uh, but not, I'm afraid. She appears to be wearing somebody else's, I suppose, really, because uh, most of her stuff is that sort of naff pencil-thin skirt, which are only worn by people of a certain age. 84850, steve at We'll do it again tomorrow... And uh, same time tomorrow, we shall be here. We shall be doing. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can podcast and learn how to podcast. It's very cheap to podcast from as little as two pounds a month. All you have to do is uh, is pay the money, and then you can download everything on LBC. Absolutely everything, not just this program, which of course we're very grateful. But you can download everything, and so it gives you enough stuff there. So if you're sort of going on holiday, the idea is you download loads of stuff: the free podcasts and the uh, and the full length programs. 
and then you could take them on holiday, and you don't ever need to worry about I need to take books or something like that. You can be totally educated by taking the programmes with you. So go and check that out. Plus, you can check out the new presenter photographs. Plus, you can also check out the old LBC presenter photographs and have a good laugh at how some of us have aged completely. And some people haven't aged at all. For that, I mean Clive Bull is on holiday at the moment, so Nick Abbott is sitting in the chair. I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow morning between the hours of five and seven. Have a great day. Don't forget to take an umbrella. It might be a little bit damp out there. Nick's with you after the news, which is next on 97.3. You're through to 